Well, good morning. It's good, good to be with you this morning. I think all of you will be able to hear me with the microphone and everything else. And uh, it's just such joy for me to be here with you today. Uh, Barry, when he told me he was going to Italy, I said, uh, Italy, Texas. And he said, no, I'm going a little bit further than that. And so anyway, Barry and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, uh, I've preached for him. He's preached for me different times that way. Some of you may not know who I am. I, uh, as uh, he said, I'm Roy Marshall. I was pastor at First Baptist Church at Hewitt for about 40 years. I retired from there. Now I am a minister of pastoral care at First Baptist Church Woodway, and uh, uh, I have a ministry there of senior adults and help folks whenever they go through difficult, difficult times like that. But I just want you to know. I'm glad to be here with you today, and whenever I preach, I preach right straight from the Word of God, and so uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Jeremiah. I'm going to give you just a minute to find that Jeremiah. We're going to be in chapter 2 and chapter 3, and we're going to, I want to invite you to keep your Bibles open as uh, we look at that scripture uh, or those two chapters today. I want to tell you a story first, though, before a true story that happened to me. I graduated, or I am a, a graduate of East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas, and I went there many years ago. I won't tell you how many years ago, but many years ago, and whenever I started at East Texas Baptist, uh, I was going into the ministry, and I had some friends that we just loved the Lord together, and one of them was Mark Johnson, and Mark was a good friend of mine. We met together on our uh, our freshman year, we did so many things. We had Bible studies together. We prayed together. We went to a, a hospital in Shreveport. We preached there. Listen, we just had a wonderful time. He was on fire for the Lord, and I was so excited to have that friend around me. After the first year, he went off uh, back to his hometown, and then the next semester, when he came back and I came back, all of a sudden, there was something that was different about Mark. And what was different was he didn't anymore long to read the Word of God, or he didn't come to our prayer groups anymore, and never did he uh, preach anymore with me whenever we would go out to these places to, to preach on Sunday. And slowly, little by little, I saw my friend, who had been so uh, on fire for the Lord, he began to fall away further and further away until what happened was, is ultimately, he didn't want to have anything to do with the Lord or with the church. He had defected from the Lord. He had fallen away. And you know, as I think about that and I go back and I remember that, I remember also, you know, that defection or falling away from God is something that is easy and it can happen to any one of us. And sometimes we don't even know how it comes about, but all of a sudden we find ourselves and we have fallen away from the Lord. I've seen it a lot of times in my 50 plus years of ministry. I've seen someone that maybe they had a wife or a loved one that was sick in the hospital and they made a commitment like this. They would say, you know, Lord, if you'll just bring her through this, I will promise that I'm going to commit my life to you and that I will follow you. An amazing thing, the wife comes through that or the loved one comes through that, and for a couple of weeks that person is on fire for Lord. He is keeping uh, his commitment, but then suddenly something happens. He begins to fall away. 
And if he's not careful, he'll go to the point like Mark did, that he completely gets away from the Lord. Or it may happen this way, that somebody comes and they or at a retreat, or a camp, or a youth camp, or something like that, and they make a commitment and say, you know, I'm going to follow the Lord. And then they leave that camp, and after the moments uh, of that time uh, that you've had together, kind of wane by the weight, or go by the wayside, all of a sudden, you find yourself falling back into your old habits, falling back that way. Or it may happen to you this way. You know, you're a child of God, you're maybe a father or a husband. You're following the Lord. You're doing your best. You're not doing anything really uh, terribly wrong. But all of a sudden, when you come to worship, you don't feel that, that joy of singing together. Or maybe you just uh, your worship kind of feels like it, didn't, uh, it doesn't get above the roof. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you find yourself kind of falling away from the Lord. Now, if you think I'm just talking to you, I want to tell you, I've been down that road. I'm a minister of the gospel, and there was a time in my life when I started gradually falling away from the Lord, and I had to find out how I was going to get back. Now, I want to give you one premise before I read the scripture. The one premise I want to give you is this, is if you are a child of God, and you start getting away from God and wandering away from him, I like to say this when I'm an old country boy, okay? I say, God will sick the hounds of heaven on you to bring you back. In other words, he will do everything. He will put people in your life. He will do whatever he has to do so that you will see that you're falling away from him and that you can come back. Now, to look at this scripture, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do today. I'm going to tell you how you can know that you're falling away from the Lord and maybe some of you are here in that shape today. Hopefully not, but I'm sure in a congregation of this size there is. But then secondly, I'm going to tell you how you can get back. And that's the important thing. And to do that, we want to look at Jeremiah chapter 2. And I'm going to read the first eight verses. That I want, and I want you to keep your Bibles open because I go right through the Scripture. And I've got some things I think that whenever you hear them, you'll say, you know, that's exactly how you can get away from God. And then you'll be able to say that's exactly how you get back. So let's look at Jeremiah chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. The word of the Lord came to me. Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty, and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, you descendants of Jacob, all you clans of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of, out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, through a land of deserts and ravines, a land of drought and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives? I brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce, but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. The priests 
did not ask, where is the Lord? Those who deal with the law did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. They prophesied, or the prophets prophesied by Baal, following worthless idols. Now, I want you to keep your Bibles open there, and I want you to look at just a few things that are in that passage of Scripture about how God remembered Israel and where Israel had come from. The first thing I want you to notice is that God remembered what it was like whenever Israel was very special to God. In fact, he remembered their early devotion, and he also remembered ours. In other words, when you look at that scripture there, God effectively said this. He said, you know, I remember those honeymoon days. I remember what it was like, the devotion of your youth as a bride, you love me. In other words, it was like whenever Israel first came to know the Lord, there was nothing more than they wanted to do than to follow him and to be close beside him. They would do anything they could. It was those honeymoon years of their lives. And look what God said. He said in verse 2, Out of Egypt into the wilderness through a land not sown. In other words, God, the Israel had loved God. God had loved them. And when they had difficult days in a wilderness, a land that nobody had traveled through, guess who was right there beside them? God himself. In fact, you might go back and you might look. I've been a Christian since I was six years of age. Now, I've wandered off from that time, but you know, whenever I first became a child of God, I was just a young boy. My dad was a minister, and you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to win the world. I mean, there was nothing that God could have asked me to do at that young age that I wasn't really really ready to say, I'm ready to do that today. That's how it was, and maybe that's how it was with you. And you think back on the day that you met the Lord, and you just said, you said, you know, I want to do everything and be everything that God would have me to be. You see, God took care of Israel, God takes care of us, and we wanted to follow him in our early days. But I want you to notice what else he said in those first few verses there. God speaks to us through, Israel, uh, through Jeremiah about Israel falling away or defection. Look what he says in verse 5. What did I do that caused your fathers to defect and to stray from me? In other words, Jeremiah is taking God's word, and he's going back not to right now, but he's going way back, and he's going back to their forefathers. And it says, what did I ever do that those people who were were before you decided that they didn't want to follow me? What did I do? And then if you look a little bit further, what it says about them, it says that they did not say, where is the Lord who brought us out of Egypt? In other words, here's what happened. They began to follow worthless idols, worthless things, and they didn't ask whenever things happened, where is the God that took us out of of Egypt and brought us to the wilderness? They were little by little defective. But I want you to notice one more thing. Whenever you look at verse 8, he moves from the past and he moves to the present. He talked about their ancestors, then he switches to you. Look what he says. He says, and I brought you into a fruitful land, and not even the priest asked, where is the Lord? Now, he went from the past to the now. What started in the past, 
he now says it's happening right today. And what I'm going to tell you in these next moments here is something I want all of you to take to heart. And if you're a, a note taker, here's some good notes that you can have about how a nation can get away from God, how a family can get away from God, how a church can get away from God, and how they can come back, and how God wants that so much to happen in all of our lives. How, if you're here this morning and you kind of feel, you know, it's just not like it was when I first became a child of God. And I want to get back, and I want to have that fervor, and I want to have that zeal like I had once before. You're going to hear from the Word of God today what He has to say to you, and how easy it is to get away from the Lord, and how easy it is to come back. Here's the first thing I want you to remember. The first thing I want you to remember is this, is that defection and getting away from the Lord does not occur suddenly. In other words, Israel didn't go along one day and they said, huh, I'm just going to defect from the Lord. They didn't do that. In fact, what they did was, the scripture says in verse 5, they followed the paths of worthless gods. And then he went and said, you defiled, he said, my land and made my inheritance detestable. If you get away from the Lord, I know this is how it was in my life, is that I didn't all of a sudden wake up one day and say, I'm just going to get away from God. But gradually, little by little. You remember the story of David and Bathsheba? If you remember that story, the scripture says it was in the springtime whenever kings go out to war. He says, and there he saw Bathsheba. You know the story. He committed adultery with her, and then later he killed her husband, Uriah. In other words, it happened over a process of time. So listen, what happens to us today and what he tells us is this. He tells us that when you and I start getting away from the Lord, it can happen real easily, gradually, not suddenly in our lives. And so you have to understand, you have to look at your life and see how it's possible for you to get from, away from the Lord. Look at the second thing I want to give you. The second principle I want to give you is this, is that it mostly comes falling away from the Lord in times of blessing and prosperity. Whenever you look at Israel, Israel was at the high point of her life. In other words, nobody messed with Israel. If they did, they paid the price for it. They were in their glory days. They had been 400 years in, in slavery. They had gone throughout the wilderness, and guess where they were now? They were in the land that flowed with milk and honey. I mean, it was a good, high time for their life. And you look at David. David was the same way. David was the king of all kinds of kings. Nations bowed to him. He was at the high point of his, ministry, of, his, of his reign whenever all of a sudden he was tempted and he defected from the Lord. And let me tell you how it happens to you and me. Is that Sometimes what happens to us is we think, you know, I'm doing pretty good right now. You know, I'm handling everything okay, and, you know, I can, I can handle it that way. And all of a sudden, we think, you know, look at my life, and here's what happens. All of a sudden, we say, you know, God, I can pretty well handle this on my own. But I will tell you this, usually whenever things are going good, I tell po folks this. 
that's the time you want to look out. That's the time that you want to watch. Because Satan, what he does to us is that he doesn't like you as a Christian to get your banners flying high. And so what he will do is, is that right at the time when you think things are going good, I don't have anything to worry about. I can live this Christian life right there. You have to be careful because that's whenever Satan will come into our lives and put temptation before us. Let me give you the third thing. The third thing is, the third principle is this. It says that defection flourishes with loose liberal leadership. When you look at this scripture, did you hear what it said? The priest did not ask, where's the Lord? Those who deal with the law did not know me. Even the priest and those who were supposed to know the Lord, listen, they didn't say, where's God in all of this? In other words, they had left, they began to follow worthless idols, and that leadership led to Israel getting away from the Lord. Now, I want you to hold that thought. I want you to transfer that from Israel and put it into a nation. I'm going to speak real clearly. Put it into a nation, and let me tell you, when a nation doesn't follow the Lord, when they don't ask, where's the Lord, they are in danger of falling away. Let me go a step further. Whenever a family doesn't put Christ at the center of their relationship, when a husband who's to be the spiritual leader of the family doesn't fulfill that role, can I tell you what you're in danger of? You're in danger of falling away from the Lord. You know, it happens sometimes at the most unusual times, but I will promise you this, what the Word of God says clearly from here, it says loose liberal leadership will cause you to fall away. Now, I could start even right here with these young people. I could go all the way across here, talk to every one of you, and you'd say, well, I've seen that happen. I've seen it in families. Let me tell you, it also happens in your own life. That is that whenever you get away from God and you quit saying, where is God in everything that's happening in my life, I will tell you, you fall into that danger of falling away. You know, there's a couple ways, and I, I'll try not to chase rabbits, okay? But there's a couple of ways, you know, that you can uh, find yourself in this kind of situation. And that is when all of a sudden you realize, you know, that the things of God don't mean or don't mean what they did at the very beginning in your life. And it's so easy to happen in our lives. And I guarantee you, when you don't ask where is God, you know, you're in danger of getting away from him. You know what's really a, a unusual thing about getting away from the Lord, and it says it in the scripture there. It says, in the time of trouble, listen, in the time of trouble, that's when they called on me. Now stop and think about that. You know what a fire engine prayer is? I tell people, I remember y'all, some of you younger folks, you won't know who John Glenn was, but John Glenn, if you remember him, he's the one that circled the earth, orbited the earth first, Whenever they, he got back, they asked him, they said, 
hey, did you pray up there? He said, were you nervous about that? And his answer, I have never forgotten that. He said, I didn't pray up there. He says, listen, I don't believe in just fire engine prayers. I pray to God all the time. That's pretty good advice, isn't it? In other words, but these people of Israel, it says the only time they called upon God was when they were in trouble. And then they said, oh, God, help me. Get me out of this. That's when they would call on it. Sometimes I look at my prayer life, not talking about you, and I think about, you know, the time I call on God, God, I need you today. But listen, sometimes I, we neglect calling upon him every day of our life. Let me give you the fourth thing. The fourth thing about this is that defection from the Lord or falling away follows two or has two specific sins. Look at, with me at verse 13 if you have your Bible still open. He says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the spring or the fountain of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. There are two specific sins that happen when we fall away from God. Number one, we substitute worthless things for the worth of God. And the second thing is, he says, you hew out or you dig out broken cisterns. Now, y'all know what a cistern is? That name? Sometimes I ask that question, they don't know, but I used to, when I was growing up, there was a family that lived down this long lane. They had a hard time getting water. So they had big tin cistern that they caught, and when it rained, they would get water to supply. And, but if that cistern had a hole in it, I mean, they were in a lot of trouble because all the water that would come in, it would just drain all the way out. Or if they had a drought, a very difficult time, they got no water in there. Now, let me tell you something. The problem with the cistern is that it cannot ever produce water. It can't produce that. It can catch it, but it can't produce it. And then the other thing, if it's broken, it can't even hold any water. Now, listen to what Israel had done. Israel had changed the Lord God that we sang about a moment ago, the fountain of living water, and they had substituted things in their life that were broken things that never bring satisfaction. Huh. That kind of indicts a lot of people, doesn't it? We forsake Jesus Christ, the fountain of living water, and we take up things that don't really matter. Materialism. What can I get out of this life? I'm going to tell you something. The most important thing in a church, in a family, and in a nation is to put God at the center of their lives. That is not a broken cistern. That is the fountain of living, of the living water. Let me give you one more thing. Just about done. One more thing I want to tell you is this, is that Getting away from the Lord provides its own consequences. Look what he says, verse 19. Your own wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. 
Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you to forsake the Lord your God and not to have any awe of him. Now, listen to what I'm going to tell you. When you get away from the, God, from the Lord, it's not God who loses. When you get away from the Lord, it's not Satan who loses. When you get away from the Lord, you are the one that loses. Did you hear what he said? Your own, I'm going to paraphrase it, your own backsliding provides a consequence. That's what he says. You know what I found out? The most unhappy person that I meet are Christians that have fallen away from the Lord. In other words, they, uh, they missed something that happened in their lives and they've gotten away from the Lord and they're miserable. I often tell people, you know, if you're sitting like this, don't worry, I'm not talking about you, but you know, some people come to church <laughs> and I watch them when they worship and they look like they've been vaccinated with pickle juice. I mean, they're just like, you know, like that with arms crossed. Now, if your arms are crossed, I'm not talking about you today. I'm just telling you. But, you know, some people, they just lost the joy and the enthusiasm of what it means to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, you, that person, it will be the most miserable person in the world when that relationship is not there. But let me tell you something else. Whenever I see somebody that stays in the Word, they pray, they come and worship, they have a great fellowship. And just looking out here, what a great fellowship this is. You've got young kids here, you've got older adults, you've got middle, all of you as you worship together. Listen, when you walk out that door, the greatest thing that you can say is, you know, I have been with God and I have been with God's people. And that's what Oak Grove Baptist Church stands for. It stands for out here in this countryside, and I saw the place where y'all are buying to move and all like that, but I'm going to tell you something. God has put himself here in the middle of this place so that you can let the light of the Lord Jesus Christ shine. That's what God's called you to do. And listen, he wants it to shine in the church. He wants it to shine in your family. He wants it to shine in our community. And listen, Right now, we need to all pray. He wants the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine in our nation. He wants that to take place. Now, you may be sitting here today, and you may say, Whew, I didn't know when Barry Camp asked this guy to go. He was going to preach on sin. Listen, I preach the word like it says. But there's always a beautiful thing about the word of God. You may be sitting here, and you say, you know, I'm not really bad, but, you know, I've kind of let some of the things slip in my Christian life. And maybe I'm kind of falling away, and I want to get myself back. How in the world do I go about doing that? Well, I want you to turn over probably one page in your Bible to chapter 3. And I want to read you two verses because these verses kind of tell you how you get back. Look what he says. Chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Now, he's talking to Israel, who had gotten away from the Lord. And so Israel said, oh, my, what are we going to do? How are we going to get back to God? 
listen to what God says through the prophet Jeremiah. He says, go, proclaim this message toward the north. Now listen to what the message is. Return, faithful, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I frown on you no longer, for I am faithful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt that you have rebelled against the Lord your God. Return, faithless people, declares the Lord. You mean to tell me that if I'm falling away from God, the only thing I have to do is to return? Just to acknowledge that I've fallen away and come back to God, that's right. That's all you have to do. You mean God's not angry with me? Listen, my friend, God loves you. We sang about that a moment ago. God loves you, and he wants more than anything else to have a relationship with you. And he's waiting for you to say, I'm ready to get back. I've fallen away. I'm ready to get back home. And listen, the, the scripture says there, he will not always be angry. Here's the one thing that God wants. If you find yourself falling away from God, and that is he wants you to come back home, come back with him. That's what he wants. I was a son of a preacher, man, father, and uh, I was going to be a pharmacist. That's what I wanted to be. One thing I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be a preacher. Can you believe that? Now, I've been preaching for 57 years, but I didn't want to be a preacher at that point. I graduated from college, and I got married my senior year, and I walked into my wife, and I told her, I said, Sharon, I'm not going to seminary. I'm getting out of the ministry. I'm not going to be a preacher. I mean, I had spent four years, uh, five years, cramming four years uh, of work into that, and here I was. I wasn't going to be a preacher. I was working with a company. They moved me to a place. And listen, for a year and a half, I ran from God. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me. What happened to me is, is that I would go listen to a preacher preach, and I'd say, <laughs> you might be saying that, that guy can't preach. No matter what he would say, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't register with me. They'd sing, and I'd think, my goodness, they're not even really enjoying their singing. All of a sudden, Sharon would say, well, let's go to, we called it Sunday school, and I think y'all call it grow groups, right, or something like that. We went to Sunday school. Sharon said, let's go to Sunday school. I said, I don't want to go. Well, let's go to this social. I don't want to go. And I'm going to tell you, you remember what I said at first, that God will sick the hounds of heaven on you? I was sitting in a church about midway back, and I decided I'd play a game with God. Now, I'm going to tell you something before I start this. Don't do this, okay? Don't do this. There was a guy sitting in front of me, and he was sitting in front of me, and I said, okay, Lord, if you want me to get back in the ministry, this guy is going to hit the aisle whenever they offer the invitation. They started just as I am. Boom, this guy, he comes down, down that aisle. My heart, it begins to beat. Just like that. I said, wait, 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 wait a minute, God. You didn't understand what I said. This guy is going to make a decision. And you know what? I said, what's the hardest decision that guy can make? I said, oh, I know what it is. 
to be a minister of the gospel. They stopped. This guy got to the front. I'll call him Joe. I can't even remember his name. I was in such uh, cardiac arrest right then that I couldn't remember anything. But all of a sudden, this pastor put his arm around this big guy, and he said, we're so happy today. I need have to stop the service today. I'm so happy today that Joe has come, and guess what he's come for? I said, oh, yeah, here's an old rusty sinner that's accepted Jesus Christ. He said, he's come to preach the gospel. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I not only had a heartbeat like that, I looked over at my wife and I said, let's get out of here. I grabbed her by the hand. We went out that door. I, got it. I was as white as a ghost. Got in the car and Sharon said, Roy, what in the world is the matter with you? And I said, I just had a battle with God, and he won. I'm going to tell you what happened. A few weeks after that, I got on my knees, and I said, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, just show me the way, and I'll do it. I went back. Make a really long story very short. Three weeks after that, a church called me, asked me if I'd come and preach for them. I started to say, no, but then I said, well, wait a minute, I remember what I said to God. I said, I'll be there. I preached. Next Sunday, they called me as their pastor. I went to Southwestern Seminary, and that was 50-something years ago. And I love preaching the word. I love it. I thought, you know, if there's anything else that you can do other than do this, God's taught me to say, hey, do it. But if God calls you to do it, do your best. Do your best. Let me close with this. You know, when a preacher says he's closing, that's just means two or three more times, but really I'm closing with this. God and Israel, priests, Israelites, and Jeremiah says, return, return, and it can make it all right again over into the New Testament. There's a beautiful story there about a prodigal son that went wandering away and you know the story. It's the story of the wandering lad and the waiting dad. The dad sees him a long way off out there. He has compassion on him. He had been praying for his son to return and instead of waiting for his son to get there to him, he runs and he says, this my son was lost, now he's found. He says, bring forth the fatted calf, put the best robe upon him, put a ring on his finger, listen, because my son that was away has come home. That's what God wants of all of you. If you get away from God, God just wants you to say, I acknowledge where I am, just like that prodigal son did. And I'm ready to come home. And let me tell you, before you get there, 
He'll put his arms around you and receive you back. Even if you've fallen away, God wants you back home.